of the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I'm your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime superhero fan, lifetime animation fan. And as always, you're tuned into the podcast, exclusively talking comic book animation. Welcome to episode 68. Good to have you all back. Before we get into it, I'm going to briefly explain the rules. Rule number one. Comic book animation, pay attention. Rule number two, big fan of the old team-up books. Marvel team-up, DC Comics presents Marvel 2-in-1. So this is a team-up podcast every week, me and a special guest. We're teaming up, talking comic book animation. Rule number three, we got to have fun. A little press for time this week, so you might hear a little bit of a sidekick and a half. My uh, son Axel might, might pick up in the background, giving his two cents. Hopefully he uh, <laughs> likes what we watch. We're going to get right into it. This is part four of our Masters of the Universe series. I'm bringing in lifetime He-Man fan, wrestling legend, former co-host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, Brian Malonis. Former co-host? Did I get replaced? Did I... Uh, I mean, the show is no longer... You know, it's it's in syndication now. It's in reruns. But I, I'd like to still consider myself a co-host, no? Well, I mean, um, if I guess if the co- if the podcast existed, then uh, you would be the uh, current co-host, but maybe soon, <laughs> soon to be active co-host? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I've been trying to get Mike Crockett to do a uh, kind of a Ring of Honor wrap-up now. You know, I'm not under contract to any wrestling organizations. I can speak freely and don't have to worry about repercussions at this point. Like, I figure he'd be all about it. You think so, but he, he's a busy guy. I, You know, I also want to take a moment here to, uh, you know, I, I don't know how normally deep you get into your personal life, but you did mention your your son's name, and I just want to take this opportunity to, you know, acknowledge that you named your son after uh Axel Keegan uh, of NXT fame. So I think that's uh worth noting. Yeah, I'm sure he uh he didn't know the close personal bond we shared, but yes, I uh <laughs> I named my, my one and only son after him. Uh, hopefully he uh he doesn't get too worked up about this week's subject matter. To clarify, <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, myself, Brian Malonis, Brian Malonis, a lifetime fan of He-Man and the Master of the Universe, and we've been doing a series where we are reviewing every single version ever done of He-Man Masters of the Universe. Am I the most frequent guest now? Is this is uh, am I like the can I am I like a co-host of this podcast now? <laughs> I feel I, has has anybody been on more than me in the sixty-eight episodes of uh, I. I have to podcast. investigate that. There's only three other people that are in competition with you. And to be fair, two of them guest hosted for me when I was on vacation. So, well, I mean, one of them is Jamie, Je- the illustrious Jamie Jamikowski. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, who uh, took exception to me calling this part foreigner series. So I want to clarify when you guest hosted and you were a guest, yes, you were talking Masters of the Universe, but we are doing a five part series where we review all five versions. 
So that's why I call this part four and not part five. <laughs> yes, he's very upset, but it's like, you know, occasionally sitcoms and TV shows and even comic books and cartoons. There's, there's that weird like episode or like, you know, I think of like the Halloween series of movies even where like uh, was it like Halloween three is kind of like we didn't like we don't we don't talk about like we don't talk about Bruno. Right. So we don't talk about uh, <laughs> we don't talk about me and Jamie's uh, episode. <laughs> Not a knock on uh, my illustrious Batman expert and uh, former guest host. He, he's a uh, welcome addition to the show and we're very happy to be associated with him did you like that Encanto reference by the way i mean you're you're a dad now with young children i do <laughs> uh, there was a time my daughter watched that every day she's kind of off disney princesses now but there was a time where that was a, a daily viewing it's a good flick it's a good good movie i enjoyed it all right first brian and i discussed the very first the Masters of the Universe. He actually was called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. We went back to the 80s. We uh, we agreed and both loved and enjoyed that. I'd like to go back to the 80s. <laughs> Brian and I then returned and we did the first reboot, The New Adventures of He-Man. I was not favorable of it, but you were downright <laughs> uh, ripped it apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not He-Man. It's... Uh... It's a vehicle in which they use the He-Man IP um, to try to sell something else. But anyways. Then we did the 2002 Masters of the Universe, which was kind of a soft reboot, which we uh, we definitely agreed. We were eye-to-eye, and we uh, thought that series was just the cat's pajamas. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. I'm still on a quest, or I hope that it ends up on... Uh, and some sort of wide release on uh, digital someday. Fingers crossed. So today, we're going back just, uh, believe, a year ago for the much maligned, very controversial Masters in the Universe Revelations. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, Tarzan. I think this is going to be a fun one. So before we get into the particular version, uh, anyone who doesn't know, back in the 70s, there was a little movie called Star Wars. That uh, Mattel had been offered the merchandising rights to, and they turned it down flat. Well, anyone knows anything, Kenner took the offer and made a buttload of money off it, and Mattel regretted it ever since. So they kept trying to license products. Nothing was being that successful. So finally, someone said, hey, we're just going to create our own toy line. And they created... Originally, it was going to be called The Lords of Power, but then at the last minute, the Zero Hour was changed to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole history, because obviously this is part four, but uh, some of the players, there was a whole bunch of people working at Mattel, Roger Sweet, Mark Taylor, Donald Glute, Ray Wagner, Mark Ellis, Paul Cleveland, all had a hand in creating He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, for people who want to go real deep, like there's the obviously the toys that made us, and then um, there's a, I think it's called the Power of Grayskull, and it's a really in depth documentary that covers all things He Man. So uh, yeah, if, I don't think this is the podcast if you want to go super deep. <laughs> no, no, um, they basically took elements of uh, barbarian uh, lore, science fiction lore, superhero lore, kind of put them all in a blender, and mixed them into one. It was massively successful in the 80s. 
big portion to it being the original filmation series, uh, which made that toy line from 1983 to I think 1988 or 89, one of the most successful toy lines in the ever, really. Now, Tarzan, being that you were in your 30s in the 80s, like how did this impact you being a full grown okay. adult? <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> you're going to be, uh, what are you, hanging around Scotty Slade these days? You, uh... <laughs> I did hang around Scotty Slade recently. I randomly ran into him in a, in a mall. So. Thank you. Think you're a funny guy. He's gonna love, love that if he listens to this. He's gonna love that. Then he's gonna love that uh, that dig. <laughs> Another former guest. So we're gonna fast forward to 2019. Masters of the Universe Revelations. No, it couldn't have been 2019. It had to have been had to have been 2021. You are correct. Yes, I don't on, know why it. I said that. <laughs> 2021 came out. He man, Masters of the Universe Revelations. So it had been a long time since uh, He-Man had come around, and this was announced that they were going to do a reboot. It was uh, originally pitched as a series for Masters of the Universe fans and a quote-unquote spiritual sequel to the original series. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Usually it means that it's like they took the source material, kind of did whatever they wanted to, so... uh, so no one can say, oh, you guys said it was a remake, and it's not a remake. <laughs> Initially, before just the announcement of it, most people were excited just when they heard there was a new series coming to Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was thrilled. I was uh, – there was, like, different information coming out, too, because there's that other series that we'll cover at some point. But then there, there's this. So then it was – felt like it was a little convoluted, but yeah, I was, count me in as those that were extremely excited for uh, something that was going to continue the original story. So it was a powerhouse animation with Mattel Television, going to be produced on Netflix. I don't know if it was originally announced that filmmaker Kevin Smith would be the uh, showrunner, one of the writers and uh, behind this uh, relaunch. Now, anyone who doesn't know Kevin Smith, New Jersey legend, started off making independent films in the 90s, making films like Clerks, uh, Chasing Amy, Mallrats, um, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Uh, he's also written uh, comic books. He wrote a run on Daredevil, Green Arrow. Uh, he uh, wrote, a, I believe, a uh, Black Cat miniseries, some Batman. He's uh, produced cartoons, uh, such as the Clerks cartoon. I'm going to say something that's going to probably melt your brain, Tarzan. <laughs> All right, go ahead. The only other, the only other thing from Kevin Smith I've ever seen, Clerks two. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen Clerks one, <laughs> but I've seen Clerks. Wait, two. Michael Crockett's your best friend, and you've only ever seen one other <laughs> Kevin Smith production. Well, I mean, be- best friend is very strong wording here. Let's, I mean, let's, you know, yeah, I'm aware, I'm vaguely aware of Mike Crockett. Yeah, I know he exists, but uh, yeah, I've only ever seen Clerks two. I've never seen Clerks one, and I've never seen Mallrats or any of those other things. Uh, yeah, huh? I, I'm, I did not know that. I'm actually very surprised to hear that. So to me, you know, the, this this is my main source <laughs> of knowing Kevin Smith is him doing uh, Masters of the Universe uh, Revelation. So before I get into some of the details, uh, two things that were working against the show almost right out of the gate. Number one, a lot of older, very popular franchises had been messed with. Uh, some <laughs> very detrimental, some not. But they're kind of growing an attitude in the nerd culture of not being very happy with the reboots, such as 
Terminator, Star, Star Wars, Star, Wars, <laughs> Star Trek. The only uh, fan base in all of entertainment that's more toxic than the pro wrestling fan base is the Star Wars fan base. So right off the bat, people had their guard up before even a, a second of footage was shown. And the second thing working against him is Kevin Smith just couldn't keep his mouth shut when it uh, put his foot in his mouth almost every time he talked about this, which just made matters worse. Now, I'm going to be as fair as possible to the series and this episode. Before, I, I'm not a big, I used to like Kevin Smith. I don't think he's done anything really good in over a decade myself. But uh, all the problems started when the YouTube channel Clownfish TV got a leaked copy of the script. And uh, they said, hey, guys, beware. This is, a, this is another bait and switch. This isn't a He-Man cartoon. This is a Tila cartoon. <sighs> now, at that point, Kevin Smith had two options. He could have just not said anything or did what he did and said, no, that you're lying. That is wrong. That is not the case whatsoever. Uh, He-Man is not stepping back to, and making Tila the main character. And then... Well, that's exactly what happened, and then it just made Kevin Smith look like not only a jackass, but a liar on top of that. Now, having said that, it's not impossible that making Teal the focus would make the show bad, but right off the bat, when you have skeptical fans going in and then you blatantly tell them something that's not true, it's not starting with your best foot forward. Do you, do you want me to... Uh, I mean, I can comment throughout the episode here, but... Uh... Uh, so much of what you're saying is just so egregious and uh, um, uh, just fool foolishness. I, I think some of the takes I've seen on uh, the series, and uh, I mean, did they just want? Did did people just want the the old cartoon where it was just every episode uh, was was going to be a standalone thing where Skeletor? was a complete buffoon tripped all over himself and uh you know he man won at the end and they had some sort of silly you know monologue at the end type of thing is that what is that really what people wanted or was this an opportunity to expand upon um what we've seen and do something more so i i, I just already right out of the gate i i wholeheartedly disagree with uh pretty much every word that just came out of your mouth there <laughs> well I think now in the uh, entertainment, I'm in the middle, but despite what you might think, I'm in the middle of the whole thing. But there are two camps now where there's this instinct to automatically defend everything Hollywood does, and then there's the other group to automatically have a problem with everything Hollywood does before a single second of footage is even released. I'm in the middle where Hollywood, if you're looking, they produce some good stuff, they produce some garbage. I mean, yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment with everything in life. Some things are good, some things are not so good. But the reasons that people have for saying this wasn't good, I think, are just uh, everybody has their opinion, right? But when your opinion is just like it's because they wanted to pander and then make a female lead, it's like, did you watch it? Did you actually friggin' watch it? <laughs> like, um. Well, one thing I have a problem with, I have a huge problem with, is these people that the minute a project gets announced, they complain about it, they go on podcasts about it, they do YouTube videos about it, complain for like six months straight, and then what happens when it comes out? They watch it. <laughs> if it bothers you so much, why are you watching it? <laughs> well, how are they getting that much material to complain about if they haven't even seen it yet? That's the better question, I think. It's like I've given up on some stuff because I'm just like, I'm not going to be one of those guys who complains about what they do. I'm just 
my life is too short well, that's a, is, to yeah. waste on sp- that's a whole nother that's a whole nother subculture i think of of podcasting and twitter and this and that it's everybody knows better everybody who has absolutely no pressure no skin in the game no you know they sit on their ass and just like what we're doing right now and they know better they would have written it better they would have done it better they knew what to do with these characters they were like shut the up (laughs) (laughs) with that point i should point out that myself and brian are not experts and we're just two guys giving our opinions if you disagree with Brian or myself, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with hearing an opinion different of your own. Don't yeah, get come abs- at me. Come at me. If you disagree with me, I want you to come at me on Twitter. Have the balls to do it. No. <laughs> I'll just block you. I don't really care that much. <laughs> then things got a little worse because then he went to the what gets under my skin more than ever, quote unquote, review bombing. Review bombing has now become an excuse for anything people don't like. Oh, it's just being review bombed. No, everybody loves it. It's just being review bombed. It's Russian bots. It's a Russian plot. Like, I've actually heard people say that it was Russian misinformation that made the Snyder Cut get released to HBO Max. Like, I, the, only, the first time I've heard review bombed was recent, um, like, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and people not liking those and stuff like that. So I've that's, heard a, it that's for, the first time I've heard that. Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, Eternals, The Last Jedi, The Snyder Cut, Master of the Universe Revelations, oh, Prey, the, that new Predator movie, I heard it for that. It's pretty much now the go-to if the, if the audience doesn't uh, warmly receive your project. <laughs> now, having said that, I still went into this, despite my misgivings about Kevin Smith and the whole uh, bait and switch, I went into this as open-minded as I possibly could. We're going to go back to July 23rd, 2021, the episode, The Power of Grayskull. This was a fantastic day. I was counting down the days to this day, and I woke up, I think, at like, you know, super early, and then made sure I got a couple. I I basically finished it in one day. (laughs) I watched every episode in one day. So I'm going to, and I I expect Brian to do the same, I'm not going to really review this as a whole, the series. I'm going to stick to reviewing this particular episode the Power of Grayskull. Written by Kevin Smith. Directed by, and uh see if I can say this correctly, uh, directed by Adam Conroy and uh, Patrick Stenard. Uh, before we get into it, we're going to do a little bit of voice work. I will say this. Uh, I, I think, um, I haven't watched all the rest, but this is one of the best of bringing back is a lot of characters from the uh, original series. He-Man. Voiced by a Chris Wood. I was unfamiliar with him, but uh, apparently he was on the Vampire Diaries and he played uh, Monel on the live action Supergirl show. I watched the uh, I watched the first season of that, but I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he came uh, later in Supergirl, so if yeah, if you only watched the first season, you would not know. Skeletor, he's voiced by uh, Mark Hamill. Fantastic friggin' casting! Just everyone knows uh, is Luke Skywalker. Oh. And now I mean, it, I, 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 this is the role he was born to play, Mark Hamill. <laughs> and now, if, if you do a, a cartoon slightly aimed at an older audience, you're contractually obligated to have Mark Hamill on your show. I want if they do if they ever friggin' get this um, Master of the Universe movie project off the ground, live action. I want I want I still want Mark Hamill cast as Skeletor. So now we get to the star of the series, Tila. 
the main character. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> She's voiced by Sarah Michelle Geller. Everyone should know as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mrs. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, that's right. Men in Arms. He's voiced by Liam Cunningham. Most popularly known as Davos Seaworth on Game of Thrones. Uh, did you know his name was Duncan? Yes, Man in Arms' name is Duncan. Okay. Man of Arms is his title. His name is Duncan. Evil Lynn, voiced by Lena Headley, who also was on Game of Thrones. She played Cersei. Also played Sarah Connor on the uh, the Sarah what was it Sarah Connor Chronicles? Is that the name of that Terminator TV show? No clue, man. <laughs> I've never seen any of the Terminator movies or anything related to Terminator. You've never seen a Terminator movie? No, no. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> I've never seen Game of Thrones either. So yeah. Good gravy. What is wrong? She also was in Judge Dredd, that movie. I've never seen Judge Dredd. <laughs> she was in 300. Did you see 300? No. Good God. <laughs> You're an expert on He-Man and not much else. <laughs> The Sorceress, uh, voiced by Susan Eisenberg, who uh, everyone knows is uh, she's voiced Wonder Woman on the Justice League cartoon, as well as many uh, DC animated Wonder Woman uh, films. She's voiced Wonder Woman for quite a lot of things. Now, this guy's not a major player, but I had to include him. Moss Man, voiced by the great Alan Oppenheimer, who everyone should know voiced Skeletor on the original series. Which was a very cool, like, little nugget in there and, and getting some, uh, you know, one of the uh, original voice cast in there, an iconic, uh, an iconic voice in the, in the series. So I thought that was, you didn't get to play Skeletor, but, uh, you know, at this, you know, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be, got to be a very older gentleman at this point. I can't imagine he'd have the vocal power to, to give life to Skeletor as he deserves in 2022. See, that's, that sticks in my craw a little bit because, the Mario movie, Super Mario movie got announced and everybody lost their minds that Chris Pratt was Mario because the guy who voices Mario, he does him in all the video games and he's alive and why didn't they pick him and blah, blah, blah. They don't pick Alan Oppenheimer for Skeletor. Nobody says a word about it. Everyone's fine with it. Because <laughs> they got Mark Hamill. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Does Chris Pratt scream Mario to you, by the way? I mean, I don't know. No, I, I let me say, I I would not have picked Chris Pratt to play Mario. It's just if you're going to use the excuse that the guy who voices Mario isn't being used, I don't hear too many people complaining that Alan Oppenheimer isn't being used to voice Skeletor. He's instead the Moss Man. <laughs> oh, boy. Nitpicking. No, that one is a bit of a nitpick. I admit that's more of a personal thing. On that note, Brian and I are going to watch Masters of the Universe Revelation, The Power of Grayskull. We're going to review it and tell you what we think when we come back. Don't go anywhere. This toy comes with something that can really open up a kid's imagination. Its own legend. He-Man! Skeletor is his enemy. It's the Masters of the Universe collection. And for my kids, the legend begins here with Castle Grayskull. It holds the powers of the universe. He-Man! Skeletor has captured Castle Grayskull! We must stop his evil power! Through Grayskull! Defeat He-Man's forces, but leave him to lead. Here I am, Skeletor! He-Man! Skeletor is getting 
Why not? Nothing's safe while Skeletor is out there. And so the legend continues in this Masters of the Universe collection. And in the imagination of my kids. Look for it. It's new. From Mattel. <laughs> Yoshiki. With my new Evil in action figure, I can reenact all her most exciting scenes from Masters of the Universe Revelation. By the power of Grayskull, I have the power! None of us have any power in an empty and lonely universe. I am Vigor! And I saw the death of God at the beginning of time. So depressed. Fabulous magic powers were revealed to me. Do you know what was revealed to me? Emptiness, nothingness. We are all utterly alone. Zora, uh, you can have so much fun with Masters of the Universe Revelation action figures. Or you can embrace the emo and the nuanced nihilism of it all. I don't want to play with you anymore. Salutations! It's me, Skeletor! Remember the exaltation you felt when you got me for the holidays? Well, feel that again with a new Honda CRV during Happy Honda Days! A rearview camera comes standard, so you can look out for danger! I would love to watch you revel in euphoria, but now I must go and crush He-Man! <laughs> go! Clumsy mortals! Get something you love at the Happy Honda Day sales event! Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. And we are back. We just watched Masters of the Universe, Revelations, The Power of Grayskull. And we open with really, I gotta say, despite what I think of the series on the whole, again, I'm gonna remind you, I'm reviewing this one episode. The opening Eternia exposition is pretty goddamn awesome, I must say. It's phenomenal because it's the action figures. It's such a freaking cool nod to what started it all like the the opening of the show is brilliant even working in battle armor he-man and skeletor yeah the music the the narration because uh duncan is doing the narration yeah i wondered i wondered how they were going to do it too because i didn't know like i didn't know what copyrights and what i didn't know if they were going to bring a nod back to the original series or what we'd get but they they knocked it out of the friggin park with uh with the opening so we get you get a shot of, uh, it's outside of Castle Grayskull, and there's a cloaked figure, which is obviously He-Man, and he's got a couple of prisoners, one being Clawful, and what, it escapes my mind. What was the other prisoner? Spikor. Spikor, that's what it was. But then we switch over to the castle, the kingdom, and there's a big party, fireworks. King Randor says that everybody, every Eternian loves fireworks. Except one. <laughs> cringer not so much terrified hiding under a table of course he is that's what cringer does 
I think the one thing too I'd like to right away you're seeing that it's a very updated animation with uh, staying true to character looks and costumes from the original series, which I I loved. Again, yep. Uh, staying on the positive side, the uh, animation and the costumes and design, I, I I take no issue with. Man at Arms, it's one of his proudest moments because uh, Tila is going to be anointed. Not, I guess, not Woman at Arms, but Man at Arms as well. Does that offend you, Tarzan? Does that upset you? <laughs> no, it it does not. <laughs> I, oh wait, she is. He is her father. That is correct, right? Her, yeah, her her. I believe her adopted father. All right, and uh, we don't want to reveal spoilers from the rest of the series coming here. But if you I mean, if you know the original series, you uh, you know who Tila's mom is and that whole story. I always got that a little uh, confused over the years. Of, uh, yeah, Teela, Teela's mom is the sorceress, and yeah. her adopted father is is Man-at-Arms. And, but there's always been hinted romance between Duncan and the sorceress, but I don't think – I don't know why they made it like that's her adopted dad. Maybe they just didn't want people thinking, you know, Duncan banged the sorceress. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and when he gives her a hug, Orca says uh, – Orco, not Orca. Or- or- Orco. I did, that- <laughs> I did that last time. <laughs> you did. Last time I called him Orca. Orco says, uh, Man at Arms is feeling many emotions. Huh? Right in line with the humor of the show. Love it. Yep. And uh, just like we've established in the old series, Man at Arms has no time for his mischief. Pulls his hat right over his head. <laughs> He's just not a fan of his shenanigans. Who is? <laughs> uh, man, uh, <laughs> to quote Tommy Lee Jones, "Men in Arms cannot sanction his buffoonery." <laughs> so then we go over to uh, Castle Grayskull with it is uh, Key Man, but when they let him in, it's a trap. Clawful's actually Skeletor in disguise. That's not true. It was Spikor who was Spikor. <laughs> who was Skeletor in disguise. Did you even watch it? <laughs> uh, it's an honest mistake. Anybody could have made it. No, they did. One's purple and has spikes. The other looks like a damn lobster. <laughs> but he gets uh, walloped pretty easily by the sorceress. She's not going to be fooled by his cut-rate disguises. No. So uh, we go back to the party, and to keep Cringer safe... Orko is going to put him in a giant bubble, but <laughs> that Orko forgot that uh, he needs to breathe. <laughs> so he's uh, he's trying to claw, get out of his way. Obviously, things are going to happen. And then, you know, Tarzan, I'm just going to stop you right there. This is where the whole story fell apart for me right here, because, I mean, okay. Cringer, Cringer has claws. He could have clawed his way out. I mean, they trashed. This entire franchise, they shit all over the entire integrity of the series and wipe their ass with the legacy of He-Man with that one scene. With him not getting out of the bubble, you're, what you're saying is they went woke. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> then Prince Adam pops the balloon with a little toothpick, and he says uh, he uh, has the power. <laughs> Pretty clever there, huh? <laughs> Now, there is a distinct difference between Prince Adam in this version and the original Prince Adam. Yes. Which I'm fine with. I know it's not true to the original, but I, I'm totally fine with it. If anything, you know, between the 2002 series and this series, I, I, I totally dig the having Adam look different than uh, than He-Man. 
it contributes a little bit more to Tila, especially not looking like a goddamn idiot that she couldn't figure out that <laughs> Adam was He-Man. Yes. But uh, he says to her that uh, she should be prepared for any situation. We get a little taste of why I dislike Tila so much on this show. She says, not for her because she knows everything. <laughs> but wait, get Tarzan. used to it because nobody can compare to the greatness of Tila. If you don't believe it, she'll tell you over and over again on this series. <laughs> but if Prince Adam is there, who's that? Who Castle is that Grayskull? Castle Grayskull? Yes. We go back and it was a uh, double trap and it was actually fake or disguised as He-Man and he crabs the sorceress in a bear hug a different take on faker too faker was d- like a totally different color yeah he's not just like blue he-man <laughs> yeah yeah the actually like uh the action figure is actually really cool of it <laughs> but yeah faker actually uh useful uh looking so um and then uh clawful was actually uh evil lind and uh they uh trapped the sorceress in this big giant like energy type force field but she says that Skeletor is the Lord of Failure. And uh well, he's a buffoon. You watch the entire original <laughs> series. He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he he uh I don't know if I'd go as far as buffoon, but uh makes some errors now and again. But he says now uh he's learned from his failure, and he's gonna tear down Castle Grayskull stone by stone. And uh he actually wants her to call her champion He-Man. Well, maybe Skeletor is not so stupid after all. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's learned from his mistakes. It only took him like how many freaking episodes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Duncan makes a little speech about uh, Tila, and this is one of my favorite lines when uh, King Randor turns to Adam and says, uh, what Duncan is feeling is uh, parental pride, something I one day hope to feel, Adam. <laughs> Now, there's somebody who in this series, again, I think we talked about this in the 2002 series, too. Randor is a prick. <laughs> a complete prick. And that, that'll play out a little later, too. Yeah, he's a, he's a little, uh, makes a lot of side snide comments at uh, Prince Adam's expenses over the years. Yeah. Pardon my French. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a battle at uh, Grayskull. It's uh, pretty awesome. Everybody uh, goes there. They uh, they clear the throne room, and uh, they're, Duncan and Teela are going to gather the troops to go get him. Then we get our first glimpse of Prince Adam turning into He-Man. Well, you missed. I think you missed an important important part there, Tarzan. Did I? And, uh, yes, and that's uh, Queen Marlena, Prince Adam's mom, sort of. Uh, looking back at him as he's closing the store, uh, the door of the room they were going into, and telling him to be careful. You're right. Kind of giving you an a- inkling of, ooh, does she actually know? You're right. I sorry. I take my notes very fast, so sometimes I might miss details. But that's why I've I ha- seen this. I have a guess. I've, I've watched this through a number of times at this point. <laughs> a number of times. Yes. I've never even finished this in the entire series. To be honest, oh, you're killing me, Smalls. I got through the first six episodes. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all set with this, but hey. But I will say, we get the first, I have the power. And it's pretty goddamn awesome when he turns into He-Man. 
It is fantastic. It is, again, a nods, you know, nod to the original, but update. That's what I love about this entire series. I mean, try not to review the entire series, but everything feels, even this episode, everything feels the same, but updated. You know, like it, it's it's got like a fresh coat of paint. And the music was uh, was good. So far, on this episode alone, I'm not finding too many complaints up to this point. So they join the battle, and I got to say, this battle, there's some great stuff in this battle. He-Man throws a vehicle. Oh. Um, you, know what's, you know what's awesome in this? Like, so cool in this? The, the vehicles in this, they make them ex- literally exactly like the toys, which wasn't necessarily the case with the original series. Like, I, I, I loved it. I, that's so freaking cool. Like, he's in there with uh, Beast Man. Man-at-Arms is, uh, he's taking care of business. There's a little duel with, uh, Evil Lynn and Orko. How badass does Beast Man look, too, by the way? He did look pretty good. Teal is uh, kicking ass. Everyone, uh, they're they're doing pretty good. At one point, there's a great scene where Men in Arms, Duncan, punches a horse. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> there's an evil horse, and he punches it. Well, what else are you going to do to an evil horse, Tarzan? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> there's a... Uh, a big fight with Skeletor. Uh, they go into the castle, and you find out that uh, the council had uh, Skeletor found this out at the heart of the castle. The council had buried the secrets of Grayskull, all the magic of Eternia, into this orb in the middle of Castle Grayskull. What really Castle Grayskull is all about? Exactly, which makes sense now. Why? Why this was so protected? Why this was? You know, the um, the centerpiece of Skeletor's evil plan every single time. And then there's a fight with uh, where Skeletor, uh, he makes a, uh, a first a giant flaming skull. Then he makes a giant fist, which in a pretty amazing scene, He-Man punches the giant. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, again, this is, so this is, I mean, so we've seen the 2002 series. We've seen the new adventures of He-Man. But this, these versions of these characters, right? That that's canon to the original series. This is the first time you're really actually friggin' seeing He Man and Skeletor like have combat because they couldn't do actual combat. Uh, it was all you know. They had they had to kind of be weird about it in the original series because in the '80s, you know, people were doing cocaine, but you couldn't have a little cartoon violence. Um, you know, <laughs> but so this is like the first real battle of these versions of these characters. This is a st- historic in the series. I like how it's just a mix of just punching with spaceships and war and kind of a hodgepodge of everything going on. Yeah, this this is very well done. It's fantastic. You get, you get all all the characters. Fisto is even in it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Moss Man comes out of nowhere to save the day. He kind of traps Skeletor in this uh, giant plant fist. Tells him that he's uh, his presence not welcome here in Castle Grayskull. Then, with a giant flame, Skeletor actually burns Moss Man alive and kills him. <laughs> the first, like, death in the series of E-Man, by the way, I'm pretty sure. Now, this uh, divided a lot of people. Some people were kind of mad about some of the casualties of the series i'm in the camp of uh i'm not loving killing some of these classic characters but i do like that it stands out it sets itself apart from the other series of actually making it like there are stakes yeah consequences there yeah exactly and and in true he-man fashion though there's got to be some 
humor in there and <laughs> Skeletor's remark about it smelling like pine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you understand that reference, Tarzan? Do you get that reference? Uh the original Mossman toy smelled like pine. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. A fun little uh again, fun little quip in the uh that they've thrown in there. And he's not quite Stinkor who has the power to stink, but he does <laughs> true. He does smell like pine. He doesn't show up till episode two, though, so we can't talk about Stinkor. No, we cannot. Then, in a crazy moment, He-Man actually stabs Skeletor with the Sword of Power. Stabs him! Everybody has their limits. Everybody has their limits. Who's never said He-Man didn't kill? (laughs) That was kind of a crazy moment. Right? Now we're ratcheting it up, baby. Now we're getting somewhere. Hey, despite my complaints, I'm not, I don't, I can admit the good stuff about the series. There's both good and bad. And then he actually rams the sword through himself so he can use it to unlock the Hall of Wisdom, which is a reference to the original bit where the two swords connected, and that's how you unlocked Castle Grayskull. Yes. Which, uh, that storyline got pretty much ignored after the mini comics. <laughs> it, it did, yeah. There was no, there was no reference of split swords in uh the original series but no spoilers but uh, we may touch upon that in a few moments i believe the actual toy the original grayskull you could stick the two swords in and open the gate if i'm not mistaken i uh, that i don't know actually i'll have to test that out i wonder if it works on the new grayskull i could be wrong about that but uh any uh he-man experts more so than my guess uh you can go to my social I mean, media I'm not, I, i've never claimed to be an expert i'm a big fan all right. Well, anybody who's an expert, <laughs> let, let the record show. Brian is a big fan, not necessarily an expert. So go to Meyer and Brian's social media and let us know if that is. If, Sha- if I do Sean have Burke, Sean Burke is an expert now. Now there's you want an expert. There's an expert. Sean Burke's Flex Rubble Crunch. Nobody knows either of those names, but it's fine. But if anybody knows, and uh, correct us if I am incorrect. But it does open the Hall of Wisdom and the magical orb. And then the illusion of Grayskull sort of fades away where it's not an old, worn-down, haunted castle. It's crystal, and it's majestic, and it's beautiful. Just like you, Tarzan. Majestic I, and beautiful. I, I am kind of, uh, kind of handsome and beautiful. And a little majestic as well. Dare I say distinguished, even. <laughs> well, let's not go too far. <laughs> and uh, he's going to get... Uh, it's the... It's the Majestic Hall of Wisdom. But all of a sudden, you find everyone's kind of frozen. You see that the sorcerer is holding back time to prevent Skeletor from getting the ore, but she can't do it forever. I don't like the sounds of this, Tarzan. Uh, I don't like the sounds of this right now. If he cracks the orb, it will destroy all the magic and not only destroy Eternia, it'll destroy all of existence. That I mean, you can't get stakes higher than that. <laughs> I mean, you really can't. I mean, it would have wiped out all of existence. Everything that ever existed, ever. Now, again, we're reviewing the series, but to jump ahead, one of the things I do like, one of the ideas I like about the show was I do like the idea of seeing what would happen if Eternia started losing its magic. Yeah, it's an interesting It's an interesting concept. It is, I admit, and it gets explored a little bit more on, more, I said more on, more, <laughs> later on it gets explored more often. <laughs> But the sorceress, she wanted to see Tila one last time, which uh, Tila is a little thrown back. She's not sure what that means exactly. 
We know what it means, though. Uh, we know what it means. But I already said it. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> so He-Man says, wait a minute. Maybe if I use the sword of power, I can contain all the magic. And he can control the entire. Can stop it from happening. He can contain the orb. Yes, because we know what happens when Prince Adam uses the sword to call down the power of Grayskull, but we've never seen how powerful it can be if He-Man, after the transformation, calls the power of Grayskull. Another interesting concept, I thought. I never thought of that. I literally never once thought of that as a uh, as a kid or as an adult ever. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it might actually do something different if He-Man calls the power of Grayskull versus Adam calling the power of Grayskull. And uh, they warn him that he could die, but it's the only way to save Eternia and all of existence. Which, by the which, say by the way. So, all right, you want some, you want me to be critical at some level here? Yes, I would love to hear that. I, I mean, either way, right? He's dead. <laughs> right? Most like, likely, yeah. Either he dies, or all of Eternia dies, and he's dead with it. Yeah. Right, so everybody like, wait, no, but you'll die. Well, no shit, if I don't do anything, I'm going to die too. So <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a 2% chance that if I freaking stop this, that I live, you know, but if I don't stop it, I'm definitely dead. Like, so, okay, you want me to be critical a little bit? There, There's my criticism. Well, maybe it's, uh, they think there's another way they can come up with. I mean, time is running out, and the sorceress is letting them know very quickly that time is running out. She can't hold time back forever. No, she's already losing that battle. It's already happening, so. It's so powerful, it actually breaks the sword into two swords. Yes. It turns him back into Adam and Cringer, and Tila is shocked. Skeletor is shocked that he's just a boy. The cat is out of the bag, and Skeletor tries to grab one of the swords. And then they're both consumed by the magic. They contain it, but there's a huge explosion where both He-Man and Skeletor have either been disintegrated, destroyed, disappeared, but they are no more. The magic's been contained, but that's the end of He-Man and Skeletor. Yes, Skeletor grabs on to He-Man even to almost like ensure that he's going to go too. And uh, you even see it has a little bit of effect on Evil Lynn as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, this is interesting. I think an interesting piece of it too because i don't know that you ever seen that where she like why would she because she's pretty powerful she's always uh, of all sort of skeletor's henchmen in the original series she's portrayed as probably like the most consistently like competent of the entire group so she's never really i thought she was always written very strong but you never understood why she would stay with skeletor and clearly I felt like it was hinting like maybe oh maybe she's in love with him type of thing. Well, she definitely has I don't know, maybe love, but it's at least an emotional attachment somewhat to this guy. She's got the hots for him. Yeah, it could be, could be. <laughs> maybe she just looks up to him, you never know. So we go back, Duncan with a heavy heart explains that he man is falling in battle. He's upset, but not that upset at first because he's not aware of what's going on, but then his queen Says that, don't you understand? We've lost Adam. And the cat's out of the bag. Uh, he now realizes, dawned on him, that Adam this whole time has been the most powerful man in the universe, He-Man. Now, they say how, uh, as Prince, he ordered Cringer and Orko and 
Duncan to keep his secret. That does not cut the mustard as far as Randor is concerned. Yeah, Randor's an asshole. I'm just going to say it right now. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> he tells Duncan, not only is he stripped of his man-at-arms title, he is banished forever. He, th- he threatens to kill him, too, by the way. Don't <laughs> yeah, leave he, that out. Yeah, if he comes back, he's going to be punishable by death. It's not even if he comes back, if he ever sees him again. So if Randor, this self-righteous prick, wanders out somewhere and runs into Man-at-Arms, he's going to execute him. What a piece of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) And then to make matters worse, Tila and her her such joyous characterization uh, tells them all they basically go F themselves and... Yeah, she she's quitting, and uh, they're all a bunch of liars. Even Prince Adam, she denounces her title and runs and quits. She's hurt. I, 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 I fully understand this. I fully understood her emotions there. Well, I don't know. She just lost her her two best friends. Essentially, He Man and Adam had no idea they were the same person. Everybody she's ever loved or trusted knew the secret. Nobody ever told her. There's also a bigger secret out there that she hasn't been told. Like you can't understand why this why this woman would be would be pretty pissed off and hurt in this moment. I can understand being hurt, but uh, how about the two people that just their son just died? You know, she precisely tells them to go f themselves, and yeah, I quit. The hell with you. You're a liar. <laughs> well, did you see the way Randor just acted? <laughs> yeah, well, Randor's no better. I'm not a. Uh... I'm not just coming at her. Randor is a jerk, too. It's clear that she's just a worker for them. She's there's no it's not like they're friends or something. And the last shot is her walking out, taking one last look as she leaves. And there you have it. Masters of the Universe revelations. Good stuff. Now, going forward. Uh, we're going to review this episode in a minute. The reason I couldn't get through the show, and you probably will disagree, is Tila is just insufferable from beginning to end on this guy. Here, she annoyed me so much. Her character is just so annoying. Well, you would think they would write the main character a little more likable, wouldn't you? You think, think you think she's the main character? They would like her better. Huh. It's almost like she's not the main character. <laughs> well, Weird. I don't know. Maybe on the second part she's not, but. Uh, every single episode, she's the main focus, and uh, He-Man, you might get him in a flashback, but uh, it's pretty much uh, every episode going forward is Tila. <laughs> uh. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think they would have been better suited to make the cliffhanger of the show, maybe, where He-Man is gone, and then a couple episodes of them trying to get him back, I think would have worked better than right off the bat getting rid of He-Man. I think that was not their best creative decision. It was shocking. I mean, they were going for some shock value there, I think, clearly. You know, and you thought you were getting it with killing off Moss Man in the first episode, but they they literally kill He-Man and Skeletor. First episode, right out of the gate. And uh, as well as um, during out the series, we're going to spoil some other stuff. I know uh, at one point Orko uh, gets killed. Yeah, it's, been, pe- yeah, it's been out for over a it's been out for over a year at this point. They should have watched it by now. Yeah. <laughs> Other characters die, which I can't remember all of them now. Maybe more die in the second part. I've never seen the part. The episode that I hated more than any is when they went to hell and Tila had to face her greatest fear. And I'm like, all right, 
here's where they're going to redeem her being so annoying. You know, they're going to humanize her. They're going to show something. And her fear is she fears just how damn awesome she really is. <laughs> that, that was her fear. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, you just don't like strong female characters. I get it, Tarzan. <laughs> that, that, I, you know what? This smells like misogyny to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know me. I, I just can't stand the, the MCU. You know that. <laughs> I but have, anyway, I have no problems with the series. I have no problems with the with the way they did things. If it was to me, if it wasn't a good story and it sucked, I would have had more of a problem. But I, I thought it gave an opportunity for them to develop um, these other characters more. Uh, you got to go a little more in depth with Tila. The the flashback scenes were, I think, were super important uh, for really establishing that close relationship of He Man and and Tila. They they really established that it was those two working very closely together, and you see her sort of uh, earning her stripes um, as to why she would uh, you know ascend to the mantle uh, that her father held. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was I thought it was super well written. And in the series anyways, um, I mean, Evil Lynn was always again, written very strong. I always thought she was absolutely Skeletor's top lieutenant, so I had no problem with the way she was written uh, and no problem with the way Tila was written here. Uh, I, mean, may, I mean, maybe she's a little curmudgeon or whatever, but I understood it. It made sense why she was the way she was. All right, but we're going to get back on track. We're going to review. We're going to give our take on the episode the power of Grayskull. We're going to the spectrometer. Anyone new to the show, the spectrometer is where we rank what we just saw. Four spectros is absolute perfection. Zero spectros is it just doesn't get any worse. Now take a mind, we're just reviewing this episode, Brian. How many spectros are you going to give the power of Grayskull? I will give it 3.75. How about that? All right, all right. It is not perfect, but it is damn near close. It is a hell of a way to reintroduce, a hell of a way to continue the series. There's lots of big moments to pull you back in, lots of nods to the original series. If you're, you are a big fan of it, there's lots of little nods and fun little things that you can pick up on. The opening of it, the music, that battle scene, like... You know, this episode, especially as a standalone, excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Now, I may surprise you with some of the uh, my vocal complaints. I'm going to give the episode three spectros. I actually think this episode on its own, animation is top notch. The music is great. The fighting is good. I have uh, only a few minor complaints about this episode in a whole. I enjoyed this episode. Uh, this is probably the best episode. Uh, I think is the best episode of the six I watched. So I'm going to give the power of Grayskull three spectros. You didn't see that coming, did you, smart guy? <laughs> no, I mean the way you were talking, it sounded like you liked the episode as you were talking about it. I, I again, I just think you know we're not reviewing the whole series here, but uh, I think some of the complaints on the series are are really are really really foolish. Like I just don't think they. I think people would have been just as upset, right? It, to me, it's the it's the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy all over again. If they were too much like the original, people would bitch. They went with something different, people bitch. Like it, people are just gonna complain because nothing is ever gonna be exactly uh, the same. 
So I, I thought they wrote a good story, a compelling story, an interesting story. One that, okay, we didn't get He-Man in the traditional sense in every episode, um, but he was in, and, and, you know, somebody's going to call me on this, but um, I'm pretty sure he was in every damn episode uh, in some way, shape, or form. You got you got He-Man in every episode. Like, how many more times, though, could you just see him battle Skeletor every episode, and he beats Skeletor, and Skeletor looks like an idiot, and... You know, I I thought uh, I I thought it was excellent, uh, and I can't wait for Revolution to come out. Somewhere, someone out there is uh was with a stopwatch timing every minute of screen time He Man got in comparison to Tila. Oh yeah, <laughs> somebody did. I saw stuff like that. You know, I mean, and again, and then you think about like you know, there's so again, again, people forget like. These are supposed to be things. These are supposed to be vehicles to friggin' make money. Like they already got hardcore fans money. My daughter, uh, who's ten, going to be turning eleven soon, got completely sucked into this series and watched every episode with me, and has watched it through a second time. And she's pumped that there's more coming. Uh, so, you know, this did something that pulled in. You know, she's you know preteen. Definitely, he the original He Man, especially like she's never shown any interest in any of that, and she you know just happened to like I was watching it through the second time, and she happened to sit down and and watch it the first episode with me, and she was like hooked. She like binge watched it with me. So you know, say what you want about the making Tila the main character and this and that. Well, yeah, maybe they did make her a focal point and with good reason you know like it's uh and i didn't think it was done in a way that was like just done for effect or done for uh for pandering purposes or something like that it, i thought it was well written so that's my two cents at least yeah, well that's why i brought you on for your two cents and yeah in case anyone did not know they have announced there is going to be a second series on netflix revolution no release data that i'm aware of at present time no but i think they've started um I think Mark Hamill was the first one to kind of give away because he had posted like a tweet saying he was doing some Skeletor recording. And then like maybe like a month later, yeah, Revolution was announced. So I got to figure at least they've, you know, the animation and some voice dialogue is done on it already. So I don't I don't know when it's coming, but I'm excited for it, the continuation of it. I thought for sure it was going to be a standalone thing and we're going to get that other I'll save my opinion on it until we uh, review that episode. But uh, yeah, I thought we were just going to be stuck with that new series as to what He-Man is. Well, what did you think out there? Did you like Revelations more than me and uh, Brian? Did you like it less? Again, uh, we're just two guys talking, having fun. (laughs) I normally don't say this kind of stuff, but I know how passionate the arguments got in this one. If you disagree with us, that's perfectly fine. And if you agree with us, that's fine as well. Bottom line, people got to remember that it is just a, it's just a television show. If you don't well, agree with us, that's not the fun though. Debating is the, is the fun, right? That's the. Uh... I'm always been fascinated by what different opinions people bring to the same subject. That's half the reason I have a guest every week. So I want to hear other people's. I'm not one of those guys who says I'm tweeting this opinion, and if you don't agree, you're blocked. <laughs> you're blocked. <laughs> so go to my social media, or go to Brian's social media, and let us know what you think. You can find me at Matt Spectro on Twitter, and while you're there, give me a follow. I appreciate it. And you can find me on Facebook, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Give me a follow and a like while I'm there as well. What do you, well, we covered it a little bit, but we always ask the subject of uh, in a, if a child in 2022 watched Masters of the Universe Revelations, 
Well, what do you think? They liking it? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, the animation is is sharp. I think the action is. I mean, again, maybe if you're a younger child, maybe you're not like you know. My I have a six year old son. You know, he did watch it too, but he didn't pick up on like the stories. He didn't care so much about the stories as much as my daughter did. Um, but he liked the action. Like again, that scene you described, uh, the battle scene there, so freaking cool. So I think, yeah, I think kids. Uh, you know, again, I don't know what the demographics and ratings and all that stuff are, but I feel like kids who watched it would have absolutely dug it. Uh, you know, I think uh, definitely possible, especially if the kids like uh, into more like the anime stuff, because I think. Uh Kids that are into that might like it more than, say, kids who are just into strict superhero stuff. But tell us what you think. Uh, we want to hear from you. As always, thanks for being on the show, Brian. It's good to have you for part four. Sure. I mean, I guess only one left. Or, or are we going to treat Revolution as a completely separate thing? You have to bring me back for a part six. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Brian comes back for part five, we're going to do uh, the uh, other He-Man series on Netflix. I don't know. Uh... I have not seen that. What is the name of that one? I think it's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, but don't quote me. I will say this. The toys are pretty cool from that series. And I'm going to bring you back for a bonus episode where we're going to go back to the 80s and we're going to review an episode of She-Ra. Oh, okay. All right. And then when the the follow-up to Revelations comes out, you're coming back for that episode as well. All right. Well, I, I, I'm a, am I, I think I'm the co-host now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm your host brian malonis <laughs> yeah, come on. right you got that reference right come yes on. i did <laughs> excuse my uh rude co-host go ahead <laughs> all right it's free plug time the floor is yours brian plug away everything and anything twitter brian at brian malonis uh instagram at brian malonis kp i'm dabbling in tiktok a little bit here so at brian malonis on tiktok i'm throwing some tiktoks out there i'm not dancing though tarzan i'm not dancing i'm not doing trends <laughs> not dancing not dancing i'm not uh i don't do dances but uh give me a follow on those if you want a t-shirt brian com. i think there's a sale actually i don't know i never plug a, i never plug the shit anyways <laughs> but if you want a t-shirt brian com. <laughs> and the coolest piece of merchandise i have brothersgador.com a wrestling buddy you know tarzan i don't know if you want to confirm or deny but i've heard maybe your wife has one of these and uh you've been kicked out and the old brian malonis wrestling buddy sleeps in your spot <laughs> only uh <laughs> only every now and again when I've, i'm in the doghouse uh come on i was waiting for a will you stop <laughs> when uh can someone uh you got any recent anyone buy a ticket to see you wrestle anything uh, on the horizon oh the, yeah next yeah couple i guess of weeks? i should i'm out of practice with this yeah i got a uh, september the 10th I'll be in uh, Newburyport, Massachusetts for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. I'll also be in Nashua, New Hampshire on the 23rd for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Um, September the 11th, I'll be out uh, for a company called Shut Up and Wrestle, owned by uh, Kevin Landry. So going to go see an old friend out there. Uh, let's see what else we got here. The 17th of September, I'll be at Proving Ground Wrestling. Uh, so lots of, uh, I'm sure I forgot something, but lots of, Lots of good stuff coming up here in September. Starting to pick up that schedule again. I'm sure I'll have to take like two months off after I beat the hell out of my body that much. Oh, I want to thank Brian for joining us, uh, lending his, uh, his, not expertise, his fandom to another <laughs> yes. Masters of the Universe episode. I want to thank you all for listening out there. If, Like I said, if you can follow me on social media, I appreciate it. If you can smash the subscribe button to my podcast, appreciate it. Give me a five-star review, which is always appreciated. Share my podcast. Go to my social media. Give me any ideas. 
comments on this episode, anything you'd like to hear. We're an open book. I always welcome other opinions. I will never, ever, ever block or anything like that to someone who has an opinion different than my own. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Well, Brian, I want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, we'll probably, uh, the new episode, the next time you're on part five, might be at the end of 2022. We're, we're going to see what the schedule is like. I don't know. We'll see what happens if somebody cancels on you, and then I, you got to call me in last minute. <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, Lance Storm at the first uh, ECW. No, you're, yeah, no, you're you're Rob Van Dam at the first ECW pay per view. You know where you're you were a last minute replacement for Chris Candido. Well, I am the whole f-ing show. So, <laughs> well, thank you for Brian. Thank you all for joining us, and join us again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior!